just yes, it is. Yeah, you. Uh, yes, sorry, sorry. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to yes, Fires of Athlean uh, and our weekly Thursday um, chatteroo, otherwise known as Dev Corner. We'll come up with a decent name at some stage, honestly. Um, and we're joined this evening by Amber O'Neill, aka Kada and Musa. We'll catch up with their characters and what they've been doing, the their opinions on the Great Escape, um, and. Sadly, uh, last minute we lost Eric, so we're not going to be able to get his opinions on his abduction. Um, and I certainly want my shovel back at some stage. Um, but anyway, so uh, we'll kick straight on um, with uh, Amber. Um, what, one of the questions we asked everyone last week was, what was your thoughts of the prologue and your character's journey thus far? And we'll and you can continue that journey up on up and on to last week's session or this week's session okay oh good question okay i honestly as a magic user i just love that you actually get to learn the magic properly instead of just being like here's some magic that you learn who knows where um so it's been really fun having saran to sort of guide my character and it's also like you get a natural i don't know way to connect to your character like because when you first get a character, like you need to sort of get settled into who they are. So the prologue has definitely given time to do that. And also, I think for me, because I'm trying to keep case continuously morally conflicted. So actually having this moment with Saran through the prologue to have her convince her of like, it's not, it's not a cult and it's not evil. We're just freeing people, but you know, we don't want to be too too intense um that's been wonderful for setting that moral confliction um yeah but it's yeah oh how do i even sum it up i've i've just loved it the whole way through it's it's made it feel a lot more natural for us as a party to actually be together as well rather than having that whole five minutes of knowing each other let's go die for each other sort of thing mm -hmm. um that i feel you do often get so yeah. Any moments stand out? Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I guess like oh, does it stand out? Mm. Abusing I mean, more than a ten, surely. When <laughs> I wasn't, what's the word? I mean, that happened. Sorry, I blank out. <laughs> um, I, I, I blank out. Petty mal, flexi brain. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it's <laughs> she didn't. The, I, I don't really want to comment on Kada taking over mortal soul because that was made out to be a lot more dirty than it actually was. It's okay. Um, That's how it'll be remembered. Basically, my... Don't. Please don't. No, <laughs> okay. I don't. Um, nope. She basically... Carry on. Sorry. Um, when she when she first goes into the darkness with Saran and she has that whole blind faith moment at I think the beginning of the prologue was it might be like the first one or two episodes. Um and it's literally just walking through the darkness and seeing all of the runes on the cave. It was a wonderful lore moment for me. Awesome, superb. And what what, what was Kada's experiences in the last episode then? So last episode she's um sort of seen um oh my gosh 
Sorry, I keep blanking out tonight. Don't know what's wrong with me. I'm having really bad epilepsy brain tonight. Um, oh my gosh. Right. What, 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 Can you what, remind what? me what I just said? I've literally. Um, you said, what, what, what chamber of the meal with that question? What, what, what was Musa's experience? Um, experience if you've said anything yet, I can't hear you. Yeah, you should be able to hear me. I can hear you. Um, okay. Prologue wise. Oh, there you are. There you are. Sorry. My um, escape from my life is probably the best part. Mm -hmm. Just fleeing, blinded by the amount of horror behind me. It was always good fun. It's always good fun. As for the last session, I think my favourite part was just watching Eric overshare himself with a shovel, digging himself <laughs> deeper and deeper and deeper. He just didn't know where the full stop was and just carried on going. Like he couldn't, he couldn't stop himself talking. And he's short already, but he just got smaller and smaller in this pit that he was digging himself. And at the end of it, it was like, well, that's, I mean, it's a surprise, but in hindsight, it's not much of a surprise. Even in, in our private chat, I even mentioned, you're oversharing a lot, aren't you? <laughs> Carried on. So, uh, yeah. That was uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. Though to be fair, right at the very beginning of the last session, I expected the dogs to actually um, finish us off. Anyway, I didn't think we were capable of uh, defeating <laughs> three moving targets at once. Well, uh, that to, to quickly go to that uh, encounter, that entire encounter wasn't designed to be. It was designed to be a fight if necessary. Um, as wolves, they were only particularly interested in the body that you've just thrown into the bushes. Um, they weren't overly interested in you, like you shot first. Um, it was a good shot. <laughs> it was a good shot, um, which which kind of initiated some kind of a response. But as wild animals, they're fully aware of the fact that humans or, or humanoids pose a serious threat and you do enough damage to it and it will back off because otherwise it dies. That fight and flight or primal instinct of if I get wounded, I can't hunt, I can't feed, I die, kicks in. So that's why they, in the end of the day, as soon as the other members of their packet had secured the corpse, they backed off. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to let them sniff around because the last time I'd seen wolves, they were chasing behind me, nipping at my heels, trying mm -hmm. to kill me. And they were about 10 foot taller than those. So <laughs> they were going down regardless. And I think that that battle was a particularly good example of. Um, oh my gosh! So it is a particularly good example of you don't always have to attack everything you see. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's it's a habit that we all get into as soon as we see anything that might vaguely be classified as an enemy, even if it hasn't attacked us. We're just like, we have magic, we have weapons, kill it. Like if we hadn't attacked them, they probably wouldn't have approached us at mm -hmm. all. Like, and considering how woefully underprepared we were as well, yeah. they, like we did got, almost lose Eric in that encounter. Yeah. They'd gotten as close as they had, as I had intended them to get to at the end of the previous session, at the end of the prologue, when Musa shouted out wolves in the trees. They were just, it was it was kind of a Mexican standoff, so to speak, between you and them. They were, as far as their, their senses were concerned, there were like five five humanoids where they had sticks and swords and stuff 
they're, they're marginally yeah. intelligent. Um, not something that they were going to mess with. And then somebody shot one of them in the head. So you thought, right, that's it. We're going to not somebody. It was me. I'd do it again. <laughs> if I'm on watch, and there's animal claims, Come on. I'm shooting. That's what I'll, I mean. Sure, we can go down the road if you want. But <laughs> I'll watch. You know, that's what I was supposed to do, wasn't it? Keep the danger outside of the camp. Mm -hmm. True. And it was a it was our a first introduction to the use of area effect spells and abilities. Um, even with my hypersensitive mouse at the time, um, shooting spells off all over the map. Um, but <laughs> when 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 they managed to use their breath weapons in the right direction, um, it was a, a first introduction on stream to how area effect spells and stuff are, are handled in FOA. The fact that they affect every location on the body is. So it makes area effect spells and things quite dangerous. Tremendous, in fact. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, uh, a, a fireball in FOA doesn't do like 8d6 as it would do in um, other systems and stuff like that. You know, the, the damage dice is slightly smaller, um, but the cumulative damage can be quite high. But um, and one of the things, much like everything, and we, uh, I did uh, whilst building FOA, there are lots of checks and balances. There are, there are quite a few number of spells and um, abilities like evasion. Our version of evasion allows you to move as a reaction to attempt to get out of the way of a, a spell, which is sorry, getting beeping noises. Yeah, to attempt to move to uh, attempt to get out of the way of the spell rather than the the 5e version where the rogue stands in the middle of a fireball and nothing happens it just didn't make sense so for us evasion was our version of evasion allows you to move attempt to move out of the effect out of the effect of the spell if you can't move far enough tough um you're gonna get hit but that's just that was a first introduction to that um what do you guys think of um everyone coming down with uh hypothermia Horrendous. <laughs> Brilliant. So good. No. No. It's not good. I had to make it's realistic. It is, but I had to make load of, loads of yeah. extra undercover roles. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> it's all it, the words authentic. We're not actually realistic. No, gets no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Authentic, authentic. It was very yeah. authentic, though. We were suddenly pulling out all of our blankets and bedrolls that we've just been carrying around like dummies yeah. the entire time. Yeah, and obviously Morton came down with the first because he wanted to wander around naked in minus 20 degrees. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's okay. up, to, up, up to him. Um, but yeah, um, you all grow quite well. Uh, obviously, the temperature and stuff like that. And uh, one thing FOA does um, has a lot of, well, not a lot of, but there's a, a section inside the Game Master's Companion that is dedicated to um, introducing and dealing with environmental factors like cold and heat and starvation and stuff like that so as you guys know once you if you find yourself wandering through a desert finding water will be an issue because one of the reasons why i wanted to put all these types of things into the game was uh in other system other d20 systems all of that's kind of removed with spells like create water and create food and um a, a certain tiny hut um I and mean, things like that uh, things that just took environmental factors out of the game so you don't have to worry about getting cold or the wind and the rain so during the, the test campaign you went there amber but nil knows there was a quite a vicious storm that bombarded the forest that the players were in 
for a number of days that made life very difficult and it added challenges they had to think about where they were going to camp that night because they needed to get a out of the hailstorm b out of the flooded water um so it, if you take all these environmental factors out of the game then as players you're also taking away challenges and in the end of the day um role playing is supposed to be a creative problem solving a, a a cooperative creative problem solving environment and if you just give them simple solutions like right you cast a spell and you, you live in a you can sleep for eight hours in a temperature controlled bubble or what's the point in having cold weather or what's the point of a desert you might as well, well not have different regions to be fair it's made musa think that um being literally in different occasions two days away from death in any direction when we get to town i'm just gonna buy ice i'm gonna settle down <laughs> it's gonna be nice to take the time maybe i'll look for my cousin five ten years time no demons yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a farmer or some sort of yeah i'm gonna well, go for fishing yeah, oh any mmo i'm playing i'm fishing so I know that <laughs> we should yeah, just, I mean, Morton will probably be down for some yeah. fishing as well, to be fair. He's, you know, he wants to be captain of a boat. I think he'd look quite comical in a very small rowing boat. So, yeah, maybe we could just set up a little fishing team instead of actually going out and doing anything. <laughs> I'd feel a lot safer um, about I kind that. of feel like Ian will punish us for that. Um... If, you, if you guys want, if you guys want to spend the rest of your, your adventuring careers on a farm, fishing, playing with cows milk and you I'll, I'll run it people I'll, i mean i'll, I'll people milk might, people might find it quite dull i don't know we'll become the animal yeah. crossing we'll become the animal crossing of the uh rpg uh no, unit. No. <laughs> Ian, you say that as if that's a bad thing but yeah. i absolutely would play an animal crossing rpg <laughs> Star, stodgy valley let's um, go <laughs> <laughs> but to, to go back to the the environmental um what's the word oh my gosh um yeah the the whole environmental thing is the fact that when we were in this this mountain covered in snow and everything, there was a point where I was like, we might actually just die from the cold and from not having rations. And that's a very real prospect. Um, and just having that as a high stakes thing for your character makes the game so much better in a way. Yeah, there's a, again, again say there are optional rules. Some GMs will obviously just, they don't, bother with food and stuff like that and the inventory because players it's not something they're not interested but it's something on a personal level i feel presents so i'm not just presenting you with um combat encounters to be problematic or put you at risk um you've got to deal with feeding yourself you've got to deal with as we are at the moment extreme cold uh what are you going to do if you're wandering around in the middle of a a blizzard for a week with no source of food some people meant some people commented during the stream yeah. that um it's impossible not to find any food but having lived in scandinavia uh, yeah you can go in the forest and yeah there, there are animals but if you don't know what you're looking for okay moose is a pathfinder but he comes from a jungle environment he's <laughs> until well, he yeah, and, and until he until he arrived in uh, Canaan, he'd never seen snow before. Uh, so you guys are literally wandering around blind, and you 
you all come from knowing your your characters and your backgrounds you all come from certain environments where um you're ai were civilized so you go to the market buy your food much like we do we go to the shops we buy our food and stuff like that you can take all of us out and suddenly dump us um say in the middle of the arctic and say fend for yourself I <laughs> yeah so it's, it, 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 it was that type of that type of situation and environment um i asked people what their survival yeah. skills were just to see if anyone would notice any small tracks and stuff but no um it, you were literally walking across a just a white plainscape um x number of miles away from the nearest plot of civilization being a farmstead I mean, we'll be doing the same next session. Now that those guys have gone, that's just the way it's going to yeah. be. Mm -hmm. and but at least, like, it's that thing of like, if the session before we hadn't picked up like the frying pan and stuff, we would have run yeah. out of water and we'd be in a lot worse condition yeah. from the hypothermia and everything. We hadn't had any water to go on top of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just had it. That's one thing I've always I've done, it, and you guys know I've been uh, I've had me as a DM for a while. I trickle things in, so the frying pan and the pots and pans were there for a specific reason um and knowing that you would need them to a boil water um because eating snow is bad for you um and stuff whatever, like that whatever color <laughs> yeah, whatever color. And, and, and stuff like that so it was just said all these all these little things are are added there moose has got a suit of armor and eventually uh favar will find some armor as well and you'll pick up bits and pieces so rather than you guys from starting off with all your equipment you're picking up bits and pieces as you go until eventually someone apart from Morton finds some money yeah he's done all right one for mm -hmm. money and he's got a weapon i mean he's, i mean he's all i mean if he could find a shirt i mean that's the trifecta <laughs> that would be money money weapon clothes but, I think our 10 ponchos will get us free. No, you're dead. You're, we're all dead. We're two days from death at all times, in all directions. Well, you were, you were, you were told you were only like half a day from a farm. Yeah, but you got me in with directions. <laughs> you guys are dead. We're going to walk like 500 meters away from the farmstead in a circle around it for, th <laughs> for three days. We're just very bad at making decisions. Like, yeah. really, really bad at it. They'll find us in the spring thaw six months time and go oh they were just yeah. you know if only they they looked to their left rather than it's their right nice. yeah 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 well it's likely to happen so yeah, right but to be honest, you've all done I, I think you've all done quite well in the decision making states so far you know, said nobody's decided to do anything incredibly stupid until eric well yeah Eric. Yes, but I it's mean, one that... of those moments though where you're like, you can see it going wrong, and you want to <laughs> say something, but you're like, ah, oh, but in character, I wouldn't say something. I just have to watch this ship crash and burn. <laughs> like, I think I like to think that my character would have said something if, like, when Eric started talking, I just went, I go sleep by the fire, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's me locked in now. I'm just watching now. I'm watching this car crash <laughs> slow motion. Can't change that decision. I can't. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm done. He's gone. Bye. <laughs> From from my perspective, uh, just, just sitting there and listening to it, and just digging a hole bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I've just sat here thinking, I don't remember putting a shovel in the game anywhere. Um, but Eric appears. Need a shovel? We've got some sort of JCB or something, and he was going full landfill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was. 
I'll give you I'll give you some some of his his responses were intelligent. They were sensible. But obviously, as a GM, I've got to sit there and put myself in the shoes of the MPC. Um, and it's an MPC that certainly Neil's bumped into in many different forums along the way, and he's quite a wily old cat. Um, <laughs> it's just how good. So this guy's a sorcerer, right? Fair enough. Um, <laughs> and you you literally had Eric's line of questioning was um, how much uh, how much money for information on the sorcerer, um, and uh, you go all the way back to Eric's um, first encounter with uh, Bartold when he was told that. Sorcerers are a, considered a valuable commodity in the world for, due, to, due to the power of their gift. Um, <laughs> so fair enough. If you want to go down that route, Eric, you're welcome to. Yeah. But knowing that the only people who know who the sorcerers are are other sorcerers. Yeah, pretty as much. Well. Yeah. Because it's only really a sorcerer that can sense uh, the, the use or the expenditure of will. But no, that's right. It, it was it was a, it was a good fun encounter. Um, it leaves you as a party um, an interesting discussion to begin next week's session with. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting actually. I just thought I thought about this. It's, it's it's interesting really because we keep badgering Kada Amber about it being a cult, <laughs> whereas in in reality, the authentic authentically speaking, the cult is the sorcerers. They are. They should only be talking to each other. It should only be the, like the Fight Club mentality, and they should all be kept together. Mm-hmm. And Eric comes in and goes, oh, "I know all about Fight Club." <laughs> <laughs> you broke yeah. the first rule. Yeah, and the second one. <laughs> was there a second rule to Fight Club? Well, the second rule was. was, was is, second rule is go to ten, but um, yeah. I thought that was quite amusing, really. Yeah, the the whole they should be the people who should be the secretive. We should only talk to each other about all of this. They are. They, they, they said they very the, the sorcerers in the world are very much. Obviously, some use their gift very quietly to obtain power. Some use their gift for for good, going around trying to influence the world or acting as lay healers and, and stuff. Some are your typical evil power mad megalomaniacs who have the randomly have the ability to reshape the world but you because you have this ability if you start using it openly you find small armies with pitchforks and wizards and uh paladins well, storm knights chasing after you and I, running I, guess the, the I guess the power itself is kind of is neutral and it's yeah. what your decision making yeah. is yeah, whereas cadas isn't so neutral it's <laughs> Left or left or right, a yeah. center, depending on which side you stood. She's trying to keep it as neutral as you can, but it's really not a neutral power at all. No, no, Darkoth um, is very much not yeah. a neutral power. He has a very specific purpose and intent in the universe, and that is to see all life um, transformed into infernal glory, um, and well, basically the the reordering of the universe as a whole um, in his own image. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, bet it, I bet it doesn't say but that on his It doesn't say that on his pamphlets, I bet. Sarah <laughs> <So laughs> didn't yeah. actually, so. Well, got a great she, 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 did, she did tell you. She said that uh, wants to see the, the universe freed and re- reformed into infernal life. Infernal life being a, the freeing of the, the chains of um, the great spirit and the order of the universe. 
and that's Daratus's purpose, being the, uh, as she called him, the change bringer. True. Uh, <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> <laughs> she said it in a much nicer way. That makes it a lot easier to be like, oh, this is a good thing for everyone. Yes. She is definitely part so. of the uh, the street team, the marketing team for Daratus. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is done. actually a big pyramid scheme. But that's, yeah. you know. right. What you've got to do is you've got to give him a Bitcoin now, and then <laughs> a few few weeks' time you'll double it. Saran's kind of like yeah, the, give my incentive. Saran's kind of like the devil's the head of the devil's PR team. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. no, she said she's doing great at her job. She, though I mean, hats off to her. She did well. <laughs> She does. She I, bet she's got, I bet she's got salesman of the month pictures all around her office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got like a wall she's, and she's yeah. on employee of the month every single time. Yeah, she's made in it. Yeah. Well, I quite, from, from my perspective as a GM, I, I, I certainly really enjoyed that interaction between Saren and uh, Kada um, and basically leading you step by step down the garden path, so to speak. Um, and seeing certainly the times when you resisted, for example, when she cast um, Wrathful Spirit on the the three random miners, and you asked the, what it was yeah. doing, and there was that whole discussion of as to right momentarily, all I did was release them of the confines of their morality, their confines of the, the great spirit of what were what everybody's told to do, and they were at heart vicious people. Um, Though technically the spell is designed to cause anyone to fly into a fit and attack someone, but um, yeah, but it's, you can twist it. You can twist yeah. it anyway. Yeah. So they said that they said and and the few other occasions where you had moral issues and and with what you were being taught. Um, but no, it, it was really good. And again, I, I really enjoyed like Moose's interactions with Collins and and. Gary and Gerald before they died. Um, I miss those guys. Don't yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Frostbite <laughs> setting, I forgot yeah, those right. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do think that the whole prologue allowed us to do this whole thing of, like, for Kada specifically, but I think for other people as well, like choosing a class and then choosing a character that goes against that class and having the prologue actually mm. having got an opportunity to explain how that's happened. Yeah, because otherwise, if you're just going in completely blind, you're like, yeah, like how do you how do you explain having a sort of good character doing bad things? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, definitely. So, sometimes, in, especially in five E, you can go, oh, I'm going to be this abstract random race, and I know that it's going to be really odd if it's a paladin, and you try and yeah, you don't you don't have to justify where those lines are. You just go, oh, that's what I'm playing, and I'm not going to. You, can, you can find that balance. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. I'm not going to have some woman in, induct me into a cult. I'm already in the cult. I'm a paladin, for God's sake. Yeah. So, That's right. Yeah. Obviously, obviously the, the way that we handled the prologue, starting you all at level zero and then introducing some of it was done to introduce spell mastery and skill mastery and the evolution of how you develop your skills, etc. Um, and it was also done because I didn't want. Traditionally, people start campaigns, everybody's level three, level five, whatever. Um, and you've got these convoluted backstories. And I wanted something, obviously, something different with FOA. We tried to do something different at the time. Um, the system itself is designed to be kind of kind of different. Um, and I wanted people to be able to see your evolution as characters. 
um, as Neil said when he was with us a couple of weeks ago. Um, you've got that legacy to be able to look back on now. Um, everyone can, everyone knows about. Everyone can look back and see Kader's production by Saran and uh, Dara Cross into his yeah. um, not so much of a cult because uh, he's technically, you know, he's not technically a god. <laughs> not technically, it, it isn't technically. You will a god. be one day. Uh, no, he's more powerful than God. God's again something that will be explained uh-huh. at some stage because uh, the two main powers in the universe are force of creation, the great spirit, and the force of um, destruction as it's, um, or destruction and death as it's uh, portrayed, but certainly by the shamans in the universe, uh, is Diracos, mm-hmm. light and dark, order, chaos, life, rebirth, that eternal cycle. That's the great spirit in Diracos. Um The great spirit has a name, but it's not been revealed yet. Um, and that's, that's them. And then the gods fit into it somewhere else as well. And, uh, Gods in our universe, in the FOA universe, aren't your typical um, RPG world gods. They were all once mortal. Um, uh, well, certainly beings of significant power. Um, and from a lore perspective, um, they were beings from the old world, from the time before time, before the great spirit, as you've this currently been explained, destroyed the old world, shattering, scattering the fragments of life across the universe. And these beings back then in the last instances of the old world cast their consciences out into the new universe and latched onto the first building blocks of worlds and became the gods of these various worlds. So each world's got his own different pantheon, um, etc. Uh, so, for example, if you do travel to a different world, there will be different gods there uh, as a uh, shaman of Darakos, your power will work anywhere. Uh, but for example, if we took a disciple okay. saloon, if we took a disciple saloon on a joyride to another world, their power would be limited because saloon isn't there. He's not attached to that world. Oh, I see. So what you're saying is you're not niche anymore. So they'd have you, to you learn, said it was a cult, but it's not a cult anymore. You've taken the global postcode of evil. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> so, well... so, but from a lore perspective, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 gods, the gods of Athelene were once uh, more, well, certainly powerful entities that cast their consciousness out into the new universe, and their consciousness just latched onto the first building box of Athelene. And as it evolved and grew and developed, and the Great Spirit nurtured it into the world it was when sentient life came to it they needed um and this is something that was explained to you in part that um when you asked uh saran about the gods she said yeah the gods need worshippers they need souls and she didn't really go into the detail as to why nor am i at the moment because that's something that will come out later but the gods need worshippers Obviously, they've got their own power, which their miracles that they allow to grant them healing wounds, etc. Um, but they need worshippers for a specific reason. I am um, quite excited to see how that plays out more because obviously, we we do know from uh, where the campaign really kicked off that mm. this group of people who've attacked the mines they were after Saran. So I'm I'm quite excited to see if that is. Who they're working for if this is a great spirit versus Dara Koss and how she plays in it as a whole. Oh no, there's um, a 
something from a, a law perspective, which um, everyone should everyone should know, and I'm not worried about spoilers for you, is uh, the nation of Shantarn. Um, is isn't a particularly nice world. It is a it isn't a particularly nice nation. It's a nation that's dominated by the dark tyrant, as his name, the Mad God Varric. Um, and they are a very warlike nation. But there, obviously, there, there was a said as you know that the the Nalar certainly came after Saran. Um, whether they were acting under orders with the rest of the group, or whether they had their own individual agenda, because um, it was only them that came after her. Um, you don't know. Um, yeah. And that's so it's that, quite quite a large group with a demon. So it's the curiosity yeah. as well. It was, like... it, was, it, was, it was quite a powerful scourging group, um, and had Musa. Not got away. He'd have been very dead. Um, I was all, I was almost very dead, to be honest. So yeah, um, so the, as as um, Collins explained to Musa, the uh, Chentarn aren't your typical like raiding bandits. They're very disciplined in the way that they attack. They go after a specific target and retreat back to their own border. Is what they call scourging. Um, they will attack towns and cities. Usually, it's their raiding either out of revenge, um, whether Talan or Athelene or any other northern nations have crossed the border and attacked them for worshipping Valric, Valric not being a particular god um, across the most of northern Athelene because he's evil. Um, uh, so there's always been that conflict between Chantarn and its neighbours. Um, and that's just the, the way that the world works. So, and Farwick being the god of vengeance, believing very much in an eye for an eye. So if somebody raids across their borders. He's just perpetuating that, man. <laughs> what's it to let it go? Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> Endless cycle. Yeah, pretty much. So, so they raid across their borders. They raid back, we go all the way back to the, our very first campaign with Nils' first char character, Lacriel, is sister Gildy was taken in very much a retributive raid by Gentile and we had a whole storyline that evolved and developed from that so uh, though it's very much a a darker nation uh, so to speak to use the typical RPG terms um, it's not again I don't want to ruin the storyline for for you guys but that raid was specific for a reason as uh, Garrick pointed out, um, it seemed odd to him because Chentarn and the mine had an understanding for decades. Mm. Um, so it seemed weird yeah. to him that the mine was attacked. Um, and this is why but maybe they were after the sorcerer and, and the, the sorcerer kind of handed himself on a, a silver platter to Garrick. <laughs> So, Honestly, I am so didn't overhear about them looking for Saran because he one no. hundred percent would have sought her out. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a rat. He so glad he didn't overhear. So no, no, he like, he was he was certainly too far away. Certainly, someone is, is a rugby coach who's used to standing like yeah 60, 60, 70 feet away from someone. Um, if I stand on a twenty-two meter line on a rugby field and someone's still on the try line, you can't have a normal conversation. Uh, you could literally have to scream and shout at each other. Uh, and you and the um, yeah. Nalar, when you were having that discussion, were only like five, ten feet apart. So it's not something you yeah, were screaming. Yeah, we were talking normally. Yeah. 
and his perceptions. And again, that's one of the things that it's one of the re things that we do in FOA that is different. The way that we handle uh, abilities like perception and insight and things like that. Um, for us, all of our ability scores are all passive. So all of the players at the moment, they've all got really low ability scores. So um, learning to be a couple of them will have a couple of abilities that are like over five. Um, and they get points to spend, which allowed them to improve their perception or their insight or their athletic ability, etc. Um, and so you make you may need to make a lot of checks lower down. And because it wasn't his turn, he wasn't in position to make a check to determine whether that conversation taking place and so the only per the only person that could have potentially have known was Morton and he doesn't speak Malak. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, they said um, she might be alive. Um, if she is alive, then she's buried <laughs> in a in a cavern somewhere. But that woman will live forever. Got out as a rat. I'm choosing no. to believe that she got out in her little rat form. No, the, the, the spirit rat you would know would have been the the spell which is summon spiritual companion. But at least Ooh, it would at least it, okay. least it would have, at least it would have been a signal that she was alive because she hasn't been alive to have been. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. Well, I, I do I do have faith that it's very powerful, so I'm hoping that that has played in her favour. Yeah. Even though I know she's super evil, but you know. Friends. She's back in the cell. She's back I wouldn't classify Siren as super evil. I classify her as a true no. believer. Obviously, there are there will be people attracted to Darakos that are truly genuinely evil by all measures of things, and they're attracted to his power and the ability to corrupt and warp um people uh and bend them to their will using spirits as they do. Um, but Saran is more certainly more of a true believer. She believes in Darakos's right. mission, as opposed to the power that he can give. She's read the mission statement, and she's got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's got pure intention. Yeah, really. she's she's read the vision, and she's thought, "Yeah, I'm done with this." Yeah, yeah. She's, de she's 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 definitely on the bus. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Go> so, yeah. <laughs> I already think she's back at the sales and marketing office, going, Phew, "That was a terrible, terrible, terrible mission." Can we get somewhere else next what? time? Day. Yeah. Oh, you'll never. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get my rat out. No, I only got one sign up. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when in Rome? No, that doesn't work either. Have you guys got any other thoughts uh, as a whole on anything specific so far? Well, I am just a little bit sad that I'm not going to be around for the next session because uh, I really am interested into what everybody else is going to make of the whole. Eric situation. I just think it's uh, it's just marvellous. It shouldn't be. <laughs> we're making him roll another character. <laughs> or not, I mean, but do you know what I mean? We've actually yeah. put that option at like four four sessions in. But it's all of his, it, the thing is, is, it's all of his own doing. Mm -hmm. well, so it's bloody amazing. We're going to run a risk of turning into the Game of Thrones of the RPG community, but yeah. Um, that's just my way as, <laughs> I, as a GM. I'm not there to keep you guys alive. I'm not there to um, fudge rolls and pamper you. I'm there to A, play the NPCs as they should. And yep, Kada just disappeared. So we'll just wait for her to come back. Um, good old roll 20. Hmm. Um, apologies for that. So yeah, we'll just waffle on for a little bit whilst Kada 
fixes her. She's got some internet problems at the moment. Well, as, a, as an aside then, um, mm. I'm looking forward to, one, what happens with Eric next week, and two, um, what happens with the direction that everybody takes, whether mm. that fractures the whole group or whether we you know, decide to uh, plug on somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, so oh, it's obviously, uh, no, yeah, and she's back. Obviously, as a, as a DM, I'm not going to be mean enough and just write Eric. Oh, yeah, um, I did get a couple of messages uh, and comments of people saying, oh, but um, nobody had to make a saving throw against his dream juice poison and, or whatever it was that made you all go to sleep. And from my perspective, I'm going to explain that now. My perspective is the GM. Uh, they all willingly took it. Yeah. Um, they um, Obviously, the dream juice was added to it. Um, but they were all extremely tired and extremely fatigued from the cold. Um, the warmth for the fire and everything just making everybody drift off, everybody was going to fall asleep. Uh, so from a narrative point of view and from an authentic point of view, um, whether you guys were going to pass your um, saving throw against the Gene Druce or not, you were all going to fall asleep at some stage during that evening. Uh, like even uh, Musa decided to go to sleep anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right, from a narrative point of view, just finally get on with it. Yep, the juice, the juice works. Um, you guys wake up in the morning, uh, and Eric's gone. Um, and even if, no, sorry. So, 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 sorry, Eric, off you go. You're now you're going to find yourself in an interesting situation. In a new solo career, you, you break yeah. up the band and you decide to go, you go solo. So, yes, um, as a yeah. GM, I'm not just writing his character off saying, right, you've got yourself into this pickle. Um, tough, that's it, that's the end of your character he'll have opportunities um to a, either a obtain his own freedom or find out partially what his fate may become and we can always so the one thing we did well during the prologue was handling everybody acting individually because we weren't a group it was lots of individual one-on-one -on -one sessions kind of me going from Kada to musa to eric and and uh, jumping around the story like uh, that way and so yeah we can potentially for a couple of weeks, have the story of Eric off doing whatever Eric's doing until such time as narratively, it makes sense that we can, bring a, new, we can bring a new, we can bring a new character in. So yeah, we're not just going to say, all right, Mike, you're going to have to take a couple of weeks off. Um, we will find ways to, to keep either Eric's story or get you to a point where a new character is feasible. Again, that's uh, from my perspective. That's totally down to you guys of whether you want a new character. <laughs> We're not going to meet anybody else because, like I said, I'm finding that farmstead. <laughs> I'm killing everybody there, and it's my farmstead. That's uh... where they get. That's where it turns into Stardew Valley, and we live our I lives feel... happy. <laughs> You're with me, Kada. I can feel it. Yeah, sorry. I um, I feel like maybe that's a group discussion, you know? Like, take over the town, stir, slaughter everyone. That, that is a group discussion. Um, you know I've only got to say that I mean, more than once, and he'll do it. <laughs> he wouldn't, I wouldn't even I get mean, to I'll, I'll control some people with my, with my voodoo magic just to, you know, get that spell mastery, but I don't know about <laughs> murdering them. Not quite there yet. I don't need to use the word murder. I'll just say to Morton, I think these farmers need to be evicted. And the next thing you know, it'll be throwing them like javelins. 
<laughs> I suppose, He's I doing discus at the farm. I suppose technically uh, you could possess them long enough to make them sign the deed. Oh, oh <laughs> we could make a lot True. of money. Uh, we need to okay, this is a peaceful way to. <laughs> what owning a town? They might not be super happy after the after the possession wears off, but at that point they've signed the deed. You know. Oh, that's very tempting. We need to get to uh, what we, this is a new sideline for us. But under those those understandings, we need to get to some sort of hospital or medical care place, and we just start amending wills. That's that's <laughs> that's all we do. <laughs> I mean, it'll work for a while. We'll get some money behind us. Will it? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll get an angry mob, but you know. Well, you so have, to be fair, you're going to have to get used to angry mobs. So maybe maybe more of a support, maybe more of a Satorban than an angry mob. A couple of angry mobs, but the, the odds are the odds are you you, you will find a Satorban running around the world trying to. Find I mean, Sir Torben's great. He can just join the, the party. He can get in on the action. You know, <laughs> just yeah, bring him in. Tempting. <laughs> Um, I miss that all, but we'll Systemically and mechanically, um, how you guys feel it's going now? Because obviously we're we've reached a point where we are now in our our final draft, so to speak, of the system. And it's good. Amber. I think we're still smoothing out a few of the sort of rough edges, but um, combat certainly goes a lot smoother and quicker than it used to. Mm -hmm. You know, even as far as like six months six months ago. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I think we've got most of the basics down, uh, sort of a, more of a second nature kind of thing. So everything can run oh, yeah. quite smoothly until it comes to decision making and we all flounder and die. But uh, <laughs> mechanically speaking, yeah, I think it's all good. Yeah, I think especially for um, every character I've done in this campaign and previous campaigns has been some form of magic user because that is just terrible. Yeah, and, it was and, and, for, and for the sake of the viewers, we've actually got her playing someone that isn't a goody two shoes for once. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is, it is my, my go to. But like the, the magic system is so different to any other tabletop RPG that I've played before. And like starting out originally, I was like, what is this? But I guess it's sort of, it's still similar enough. But now it's gone under such a change that it feels like a completely different game. And that in itself is just so refreshing. And it is very easy to approach, I think. Like, yeah, it's the whole power mana thing is very, very easy to understand. All of the spells are different and they are more like you have to be considerate of your spells. Like, I've got Inrake Raffle uh, Spirit, but even though it's a mental spell, you still have to think in your area of effect. Like, if I do that to an enemy and they're stood near someone in my party, they're going to attack the person in my party. Um, yeah so the the spells as a whole i think are yeah that, that's one that, that, that's one thing that um fra spells don't have is they your standard um other d20 system friendly fire lock um so you have to be very careful about where you put your fireballs very careful as to um yeah. <laughs> what uh who's going who's in the area effect of um any spell that you have um, yeah. It requires you to think a little bit more. And I honestly, I find keeping track of what uh, magical energy you have a lot easier than some other systems, because um, yeah. you are working purely on a how much partner mana yeah. basis. It's, it's a very, like I said, it's a, a very simplified system. I always like it going all the way back to the, the days of like 
original D and D and stuff like that, I always struggled with the spell slot system. Um, yeah, because you're always going right. I mean, level three spells. That's relatively simple. This is this gives you a freedom to cast as more high more high level spells if you wish, um, but you you will run out of mana or run out of power much quicker. So it's it puts a little bit more emphasis on you as a player to manage your mana. Obviously, at level one, you've yeah. Got, You've only got four power at the moment, so you can plan ahead a lot more. Yeah. So yeah. You, you need to think a little bit more. Um, yeah. And that's exactly why I don't play one. Yeah. No, it doesn't do magic. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it works so much better in a way. I don't know. I mean, like it's teach their own. I personally just prefer it because um, I know in in other systems as well. I've done halfway through a combat situation and been like oh actually i definitely shouldn't have been able to cast the spell that i just cast because i lost track of my spell slot and yeah you sort of just get lost in trying to keep track of that and actually planning what you're going to do during that initiative yeah so that's one yeah. of the things that you say, no, i don't know it's, oh, it's... oh god i just looked at my lamp oh sorry you need a different <laughs> Or at least it's not flashing you like that. Yeah. I look straight at my lighting lamp. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it is it's just one of the things I want to do. I, I always found it um, a, a mana and power system to be very simple. Um, it gives you as players a lot more freedom to decide upon what spells you're going to cast. Um, and uh, uh, it's easier to keep track of because once you run out of power, that's it. Or you run out of mana, job done. Um, and there's not a lot in this in the system. Uh, it also stops you from blowing it all in, all in one go because so far, admittedly, as Kate has uh, been using like healing kits and stuff to try and use up some of her medical experience that she picked up, uh, as opposed to casting cure wounds and giving giving away her her power. Um, her, her ability to cast, so to speak, um, then, yeah, it, it's, you said you've only got four power, you can only cast four spells per day at the moment. Um, so you've got to be very conscious of what you're doing with it. And as you go up the levels, you get a lot yeah. more power, then obviously you get a lot more versatility about what you can do and things like that. Uh, whereas with the spell slot system, uh, you're kind, though you can cast spells at higher level, um you don't ever really want to waste for example casting a level one spell by using a level five spell slot um because you did run out of level ones in foa that's not a problem you just use one mana or one power to cast a spell so you're, you're not forced to you use stuff to, because you cast magic missile a dozen times and you run out run out of level one spell slots and you're all great and i've got to use a look my my level five spell which i'm saving to teleport us out or whatever um to finish finish him off with a magic missile but this is the way it works um but no it's, I've, I've certainly enjoyed it um i i, I certainly enjoy all, all the magic classes um there are a couple of them that are my favorites uh, but no. <laughs> I, I do i do think that 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 ability to plan ahead and especially because it, it does encourage as well as a magic user it encourages you to at least know how it works so that you can be like if i'm in a position where i can just stab the guy then that's what i'm going to do instead of wasting my power um so that as a whole, that system mm -hmm. in foa is for me what D, D could have been 
like it's the potential was always there but this simplified form yeah. just the, it enables the, you to run with it so much better the nice thing about foa is is that when you go oh i'm not he's within striking distance rather than i could cast magic missile at him you could stab him with a knife and you could roll a crit and do something absolutely terrifying to him yeah you, that's true yeah yeah that, that are, that which are, like, you never really think about when you don't have that before you're just like well i'm just always going to rely on magic yeah, yeah. because this if you're, if you're so a wizard in 5e for instance you're stabbing someone with a dagger Blah. you know that's not that's a, that's got to be your last resort whereas in this you're like oh, i'm gonna sink him with a dagger and you know there's a there's a good, there's a fair chance you know i'm nicking an artery and he's slowing mm -hmm. down and i'm running off yeah yeah, that, 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 yeah that, depending that, on your locational like yeah yeah that, that, that works with all of our that goes to our our injury system and our critical system and the way that uh combat is, itself was designed in FOA. Uh, but there are magical crits as well for those spells that require uh magical attack rolls no different than uh if somebody crits with a sword if you crit with your firebolt for example um it can have spectacular ex spectacular effects um so yeah. magic it's magic itself is equally as dangerous but i didn't want um magic users in foa just to be magic users um even though it's a very magic rich, rich world um it's not a case of constantly casting spells all the time um though there are obviously cantrips that allow mages and uh, like spiritual flame and fireball etc um spells that people are familiar with these some of the few spells that survive uh, my mass culling of 5e because as mentioned foa is a 5e uh, open game license system um i didn't want those to constantly be the fallback and that's one of the reasons why and this is something that uh, magic users uh, that are used to 5e will find quite scary is um the, the feat from fifth edition mage slayer which allows everyone someone within five feet to make an attack of opportunity against someone who casts a spell anyone in foa within five feet of a spellcaster can attack them because the whole premise of you taking out your spell components waving your hands around making magic signs trying to get your your spells right it's very distracting um so anyone within five so casting spells in combat is very very dangerous uh, our counter spell system in foa is again uh, a lot more dynamic any magic user Oh, just me and you, Kada. So, uh, what do you want to talk about then? Yeah. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> um, oh gosh. So, weather looks good out there, right? Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Um, I might, I might just carry on talking about uh, magic because. Go on. We're halfway I mean, through it. I'm not the world's biggest fan, but you might as well go. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do the magic, um, just because I've never, I've oh, ne I just can't be bothered to read. Uh, to be fair, I can't be bothered to read the spells. Um, I just all the different. But you can, you can make cheat sheets for it so easily. Oh, abs absolutely! I've played magic users in the past, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I just but haven't, haven't found one that fits like what I'd really like to do. So I just play mundane classes instead. Okay, but. We've got in FOA that could actually fit you <laughs> a lot better though because because you do have the chance for melee so much more and also knowing that magic is sort of like you you hide it in this world a bit more because you know mm. if you're a Sarah and people notice that you might get kidnapped so 
because of that and because of having this opportunity for melee a lot more that might actually appeal to you yeah. better in way than it would in something like 5e where you do you like magic because it's not the case in in this system yeah, so you could easily kind of play a magic class but could disguise it enough that you could get away with being any class if you like for the first couple of levels before yeah. you got to a, a point where it would be of actual use yeah as i was yeah. saying before um roll 20 had a, a head trip with me um <laughs> Counter, uh, uh, as in, in other D20 systems, um, where the only way to stop a magic user casting spells, for example, in, in FOA, if you're within five feet and someone tries to cast a spell and you hit them, that spellcaster has to make a concentration check to complete their spell. If they fail, um, then their spell is ruined. Um, and also counter magic in FOA works very differently. It's not a counter spell. Um, it's always a contest of will. So if you're always, for example, um, arcane casters can only counter spells from other arcane casters, divine casters can only counter spells from other divine casters. For example, Kado couldn't stop a Archimagus casting magic missile, and likewise uh, a mage couldn't stop Kado casting any, any of her spells. But the counter spell system works uh, based upon a opposed uh, conflict basically a battle of wills so for example if Kada was trying to cast a level one spell um and as the uh, gm i was playing a shaman a spirit shaman i, mean, I would want to trying to prevent it from casting it then i'd use my reaction to attempt to counter her spell and it goes down to a opposed check her um religions her her spell casting ability versus my spell casting ability and whoever wins that contest wins the counter spell it's a magic um, grapple. Yeah, it's pretty much a magic grapple. So, so you go into a contest with somebody else rather than it just being a level three spell. Um, and yet it works. So it, it doesn't matter. Uh, but in the day, there are balances to it. So, for example, if Kada was trying to counter a 18th level shaman casting a spell, because that shaman's going to be much better at their spell casting ability. The odds are that shaman's going to win because they will have bonuses based upon the difference between Kada's Kada's spellcasting ability and the uh, my shaman's spellcasting ability. So we'd make the roll. So there's still a slim chance that Kada can do it, but because that high-level shaman is so much better at casting spells and more in tune and connected to the Great Spirit, uh, it will be more difficult for Kada to do it. So that's how counter magic works. Um, just, in, just, in just like with warriors, yeah. you know, you can't have any old guy come off the street and start wrestling Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You've got to work your way up. Yeah, you can still get lucky. Though. <laughs> That's how my brain brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it does add in in combat itself. There is a level of authenticity to your role play, which wasn't really there before in other systems. Um, because like that is just the underlying systematics. So you don't have to. I don't know, check in with yourself, you're just doing it automatically, you're being authentic by second nature. Yeah, so I understand you have, for example, in, in like in Cage's case and Shaman's case, you have two powers, Darakos and the Great Great Spirit, um, competing over the energies that are being manipulated for the spell. When two mages are going at it, you have two different mages competing over the arcane energies being used to create the spell. Um, that was the whole premise and sort of the, the cinematic viewpoint of magic. And sorcery's counter spell system takes it even further 
because sorcerers get locked into a sorcerer's duel when they try to counter each other and the energies being manipulated start to warp and it's sadly this is something that um we've not managed to get to with eric so far but it can have strange wild magical effects that the rough the energies are being competed over and the battle can last more than that reaction as the two sorcerers duel over that energy until such time as one of them backs out um so you get two sorcerers competing over the energy that they're trying to manipulate for multiple rounds and obviously as they lose they get weaker and eventually someone will be forced to back out and suffer feedback in the process um so but that and the energies that are being competed over again can have random magical effects like as you guys discovered when you were fighting uh, the dragon during the test campaign um bolts of lightning were bouncing around the universe was being warped a little bit and it gives the gm a lot of freedom as well so two sorcerers attempting to counter each other can be very interesting um and it, it can it gives the gm uh, certainly a lot of freedom to right i can just right i've got eric attempting to counter my sorcerer um now i can have some fun and have a demon randomly pop out of a rift in the middle of nowhere not controlled by anyone um <laughs> because the energy was that was the random effect of right, those two attempting to manipulate the universe um well there's the premise of counter magic it was you want i wanted it to be um again authentic and be a little bit more immersive and involved so you're not just casting counter spell and that's it you are competing with the other spellcaster for control over those powers and hopefully we, we we've reached we've got to a point where that's how it comes off and it's no different than parry um par our parry system is immersive uh, as a, as a melee character if someone's swinging a sword at you 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 can attempt to parry and if you win your your parry contest um you can uh, gain an attack of opportunity by reposting um so there is so even at even attacks are contestable um our parry system works upon the same premise that if myself playing a legionnaire was to attack musa with, with an axe musa can parry the the results are, are a i hit him if and it is an opposed check it is it's my attack role versus musa's attack role because he's attempting to attack my attack for defense purposes um and if i win the attack goes through normally if musa wins he parries and he has the 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 chance of a either reducing reducing the damage that i do by partially parrying the bow or turning my blade my axe away completely and opening me up to an attack of opportunity so even that reactionary process becomes immersive and it's the same premise between counter spell and parrying so i'd want i didn't want it just to be for the warriors i wanted um the magic users sorry i want the warriors to have a, an interactive and authentic process to, to go with it and it's fun when it works but yep. i can't Let always it. parry everything <laughs> anything but no, um, I, I, I tend to suck at parrying things as well. So, but no, it, it is, it is, it is fun. Um, it, it, it certainly works from a, a systemic point of view. Um, and, and the, our, our buzzword used to be realistic, but no, it is authentic. It has an, has an authentic feel 
to combat. And you said you can parry increase. Um, obviously, these things are a little bit more complex than the original source material, um, but we have to add these layers of complexity on top. But hopefully, because they're rational and authentic, that they're easy enough to pick up. I'd say they are. Yeah, I think there's there's not anything too far out there. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. I think sorcerer is the biggest leap from. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, sorcerer is the biggest leap from things before, uh, but simply because I've not seen anything like before. It is one of there there are a lot of original thoughts in FOA. <laughs> I've not just ripped off every system that I've played over the years, but I've obviously drawn nuggets from bits and pieces uh, along the line. But sorcery was it's something completely new. It's something that I've not seen before um, anywhere. And it took, as you know, knows from from day one, sorcery was how I wanted magic to work in FOA. But having spent countless hours writing the spell compendium and having taken me two years to develop sorcery i wasn't going to write the spell compendium out <laughs> after spending way too much time writing hundreds and hundreds of new spells um simply to replace it with sorcery but it is an option within the game master companion to allow sorcerers the game the gm to go right throw your spell compendiums away here is a completely new creative and dynamic magic system have fun with it yeah. And it's yeah. such, a, such a shame that I allowed a sorcerer in the campaign, and five weeks later, the idiot goes and gets himself abducted. We could all be sorcerers, <laughs> so we could be all Green, green Lantern Force. Yeah, pretty much. That's I pretty much. He did do some very clever things before he got abducted. Yes, I mean, did. to be fair, he was the hero of the entire prologue, mm -hmm. and then he capped it all off by selling himself. Yeah, because that, that save of um, Mortem was a huge huge brass balls required for that well i mean we'd already had like two yeah, or three levels that was, of that was brilliant. That, um, that's, that's not just the only one though is it because he was instrumental in the caves with the cave in yeah. he was instrumental in yeah. the escape with the cave in mm -hmm. he was instrumental in protecting morton in that fight yeah he's done he he literally was mvp for three <laughs> sessions in a row <laughs> And then he showed up on the last one with a shovel. <laughs> and he just don't, he, I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> it, was, it was impressive, is, yeah. is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But he already showed in, in the prologue alone, there's so much potential within the Sorcerer 3 role. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, just, just the tip of the iceberg, so... Oh, well, that was just one person having a mess around with it. If you'd imagine that we've been playing this game for maybe a couple of years and then go, right, now I'm going to try sorcery and just the amount of things that you could yeah. lean on and change and yeah. just from experience. Could, Everyone approaches it their own way. You could run the world. <laughs> or a farmstead. You could. You could. <laughs> it's a, so the, the, the sorcerer is powerful, but as Mike and I discussed last week, it's got a lot of drawbacks to go with it. Um, Mike's so, uh, Eric, sorry, certainly has experienced a, a lot of feedback um, to go with his time. Times that uh, nearly killed him. Um, the psychic damage he took whilst uh, first attempting to try and meddle in uh, the uh, dueling contest nearly killed him. Um, mm -hmm. Could have blown his head off. Um, the cave-in could have killed him. Uh, the feedback there. Um, the, and so, so sorcery does have its drawbacks. Uh, yes, it is powerful, but so 
arcade spells, if used correctly, or any other more prescribed spells that is found in, in the normal magic system. Um, Musa can be very dangerous if he uses all of his skills um, effectively. Um, <laughs> let me change that. The Pathfinder can be very dangerous. <laughs> the Pathfinder class can be very dangerous if if applied properly. All the classes are. Um, there is, I, again, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think we've done, because uh, for the sake of the viewers, Neil's been with FOA since day one when he first, the, that very first one shot that started it all off. And Amber's been with us for like a, over a year now, on and off. Yeah, just over a year. Yeah, just over a yeah. year on and off. So they're, they're quite experienced it. And obviously they've, they've experienced a lot of the changes that have, uh, that have come. Some of them weren't great. For example, we tried a completely hit point, a hit pointless system that was just injury based. Um, and we, <laughs> we had a, a couple of sessions just <laughs> banging our heads against the wall, just going, like, no, this didn't work. So um, not everything that I've come up with has worked. Um, but we've, you know, test sessions like the murder barn and stuff like that, where we tested all the, the fighting classes to see that whether there was any imbalances between them. Um, and, but they didn't. They all, they all kind of balanced each other off as far as level for level and abilities for abilities and lots of different builds and the same thing as spellcasters. They've all got their own individual spell, but mathematically their damage ratios and their damage rates scale very much in line with each other. So um, then that just leaves it down to you as the players to find interesting ways to use your spells. Um, and if we go back to Mike Bartol's explanation of magic, if at the end of the day, Kato, you're just using the magic presented to you by Darakos, a mage is just using the spells, other people's spells. Whoever created Magic Missile, they're the genius that created Magic Missile. It's not you, but with sorcery, you're the genius that gets to create the magic. Um, and Neil's... Yeah. Yep, and Neil's back. Neil's gone. Yeah, he's gone, he's back. Is he, is he back? Yeah, I'm back. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. There he is. It's funny, yeah. I thought it was you that had gone. I was talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, background noise. Yeah. I could tell you all about it, but it's very mundane. It's very mundane. It's very mundane. <laughs> um, but no, yes. But... It... Turn around, Amber. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say... Um... Oh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, it was it was a very very much a, a roller coaster through the the year that I've been here, and all of the messages at ungodly hours of the morning have, I think they've paid off. It's, yeah, that's because that's because that's my peak that. hours of productivity are between eleven o'clock and three in the morning. They're tough. Yeah. <laughs> when I have when a four a.m. five a.m. message is not at all surprising. When I when I have an idea, I have to tell someone about it. You guys can just read it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> We've, we've had a lot of like very early hours eureka moments yeah so yeah there's been there's been quite a few of those uh but that no, as you said much like anyone i've just got my own uh peak periods of times of where i'm productive and stuff like that and between 11 o'clock and two three in the morning there's nothing else really to do so that's when i spent most of my time doing the the, the serious construction work on it for Sleep is you know, I feel like you're downplaying yourself a little bit because you've worked fantastically hard for years in this system and it has absolutely paid off. This is a brilliantly 
like just there is so much pretending every single class and there's so much law there is so much that is new and like there are many things that like yes there's bits from here and there but many things that you've created from scratch yeah there's, just... there's magnificent width and depth to it as well as being a different system as well thank you very much that's just kind of what i was striving for because okay um we we go back to the original source and i i for legal reasons also say um other d20 systems um but we go back to his original source. Uh, I, I accept that that's designed and built to allow you um, a lot of freedom for home brewing and stuff like that. So just one of the things that the creators of 5e have done very well. Um, and again, even Pathfinder, which is an open game, game license system as well. Um, uh, something that they've done very well is make, make the game scalable to the fact that it, it, it's very, you can create your own worlds out of it and you can do very much very much the same thing in foa um the game master's companion in foa is is is, is a very different entity compared to like the dungeon master's guide for uh, 5e or pathfinder or, or any other system um there are phrases that are repeated uh, throughout of it um it is all about giving i'm all i'm doing is effectively giving the gms out there that will eventually play foa all the tools that I used and developed and created to build the system and say, here you go, make your own world, make your own universe, um, make your own classes. This is how you Yep, and we're back. Sorry about this, folks. Yeah, Roll20 just going nuts. But yeah, um, as, as I was saying, the Game Master's Companion uh, effectively hands over all the tools, everything I use um, and develop to a, build the classes as well as giving GMs uh, the, um, my thought process as to why I made these steps um, and um, why they were implemented um, so that they as GMs have will eventually have the ability to do as I do in it and it's something I've said to players for two years I'm just making a shit up as I go along um <laughs> pretty much each session is me coming up well spending an hour or so coming up with uh, a couple of hours coming up with the plot and how I see it going but I don't I never liked the concept of prescribed adventures um okay the prologue was prescribed but now you as players are completely can completely in control and all I'm doing now as a GM is sitting back and reacting to your decisions and your processes so you're driving everything that's going on and me going all right I'm bored the players look a little bit bored I'm going to chuck in some uh winter wolves now all right let's quickly make up some stats all right there we go um all right and off we go so rather than constantly flicking through pages trying to find the right stat block or 
and stuff like that. Um, the Games Master Companion is full of tools, like I build a better demon wizard, I watch the creation guide, NPC creation guide, and things like that, that, that will teach GMs to, as I'm now capable of doing after two years of building the game, um, simply creating encounters on the spot. Um, obviously that comes with a little bit of familiarity, but if you start at level one, creating a level one bandit, really easy. <laughs> you just go, right, uh, I'm going to give him 16 strength. So you've got like plus three or plus one, because you've got plus four to eight. There we go. Job done. So you can quickly do those maths in your head and there you go. You've got an encounter in seconds because uh, each combat round takes a little bit longer. So you just plop a few uh, bandits on the map. Um, and whilst the players are arguing about what spells they're casting and who's getting, what they're doing and stuff like that, you as a GM could just sit there and well, I'm gonna, okay, just refine my stats a little bit. Uh, yep. <laughs> and off you go. Um, and that creative license and freedom is something that I couldn't, I didn't find in uh, 5e because when we first began the world of Athelene, um, we were using the 5e rules. We were using the Paladin and the Ranger and stuff like that. Um, and A, they didn't fit my vision of the world and nor did the system. I felt restricted by the mechanics, nor did most of the mechanics make sense. Like dexterity, your dexterity bonus working to your armor class when you're unconscious, tied up on the floor <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So yeah, so dex got a huge nerfing, which upset me all multiple times. <laughs> I'm all right with it now. But it does work. And also, <laughs> but, but also you've got this sense of sort of like the gritty reality of it all. So you've got this whole, the high risk, but there's also very high reward from that. Reward? Since when, since when have I given out any rewards? I've not given any rewards. I think I'm lucky as to in, wear an armor right self-satisfaction when you manage not to die from the cold in yeah. the middle of the fucking mountains. So, so, Self-satisfying. So, survival is your reward. <laughs> yeah, yeah survival is a reward and honestly i'll take it not getting kidnapped by smugglers i'll take it well the guys well, that was well i mean that was encouraged we didn't even yeah. that wasn't even a possible threat <laughs> well, we, you made, we made that a threat uh, no, 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 there, there was no threat there they was were clearly but you guys you guys you guys have met garrick and oleg in in many forms yeah um over the years and <laughs> they're genuine yeah, there they are. even there without they are. that even without that he was like we're meeting a client and we'd rather you weren't here in the middle of this place so we've agreed to meet this so, person that we won't tell you who they are yeah they are smugglers they are scoundrels to the core um they got a bit of a heart but they're they're smugglers they're they're <laughs> yeah they're rogues um and if oh we should just join their crew if if somebody wants to offer himself up that's worth uh, quite a sizable sum of money, then they're not going to turn it down. <laughs> well, that's, perhaps, perhaps that's what we should be now. That's what we should be now. Sorcerer hunters. hunters yeah. Bouncy hunting <laughs> sorcerers. Yeah. We, said, well, it, it, we it, know it, there's it, money in it. Yeah, you know there's money in it. Yeah, so the, where you get where, where where the campaign goes from here, obviously I've got a worldview and there are things working in the background. Some of those foundations have already been laying. There's been a few hints. Someone's already said the KDR a couple of times. Our time is coming. Um, what that yeah. may mean, we may discover further down the line or you guys may go off and 
start up farm Stargew and <laughs> ignore the rest of yeah. the world. We're going to start come. a fishing village. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> what she said. Fishing <laughs> village. Yeah. yeah um, we'll just we'll but, get a bit of distance so that they can't put us back in prison. That's yeah. our main concern. Yeah. You know, it, if we survive the hypothermia. Yeah. As I said, it's all okay. totally up to so, you. You yeah. guys will go off, and as I said, I will just put encounters and plot in, inside of you, and obviously there'll be adventures offered up, and and you guys can decide which which direction you go. And but you are in a position now where you can do anything. Um, obviously, that discussion needs to take place as to what do we do next. Whether you have that discussion before or after you decide what do we do after Eric? <laughs> um, yeah, this is the thing. I keep thinking like, oh, what's going to happen next session? And honestly, I don't think what's the um, oh my gosh, what's the word? I've forgotten it. Never mind me. Never mind me having another petty mouth. Well, I think, um, yeah, I think the only thing we can do is head south because it's warmer. That's 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 all. We'll just have to go in a direction. Yeah. At the moment, it's just it's not very predictable what's going to happen. That was the word. Like, mm -hmm. I can't directly see what's going to happen. It's anything could happen at this point, especially waiting to see if Eric manages to get out or not. Yeah, and if he does, will you come back? Yeah. He's got. I mean, he's got money now, hasn't he? Didn't he make a trade for some? <laughs> no, that was more. They probably took uh, it though. They probably. Morton didn't take the money though. Yeah, Morton got paid eight crowns for yeah, for uh, some patients, some poison. Yeah, for for a vial uh, of poison. Yes, that was not bad because those, uh, those, the uh, those poison vials were worth like a uh, hundred gold each. <laughs> <laughs> he got swindled. Oh, he did, yeah. <laughs> well, at least he, he didn't sell them. He didn't sell them all. He sold like one. Yeah, yeah he's got so. a couple. Of them. Yeah. Well, and and he puts money in his pocket, which is nice because he may need that. Yeah. At some point, yeah, well, everyone. So As you, a group, get, we have about eight crowns to us. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you will get to a point where you will have enough finances to do stuff. Um, obviously, you just mm. we, we the, the whole story arc so far has been about your uh, your discovering your abilities, your powers, your your first steps into becoming a pathfinder, your first steps into becoming a, a ghost. Um, and things like that. Now, obviously, we, we will build the story as to you guys potentially doing things that may earn you enough coins to put, uh, so, building but, that log cabin by the lake. Yeah, fishing. yeah, nice. Lovely. Yeah, I was thinking log cabin. We're on the same page. Honestly, it's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to. It is. That's going to be the dream. So, Musa and Kate are going to settle yeah. down. Nice little log cabin by lake. <laughs> yeah. We but, can't uh, that happens to be a log cabin next, but we're definitely moving in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll help her build her cabin. She'll help me build mine. We'll fish together on the. Uh, we'll on have the a little village. Yeah. 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 It'd be great. The dream is there. Retirement <laughs> early. Yeah. Anyway, well, you heard it here for heard it for, here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, great. My players are turning uh, are turning my game into Stardew Valley. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> probably glad it's not. We've not gone down like the Sims route. <laughs> Drowning people in swimming pools in no time. <laughs> I mean, Ian, you were the one who mentioned Animal Crossing RPG, so <laughs> thank you for the idea. We're taking it, we're running with it. Uh, great, superb. All right, uh, that'll be a TPK on Monday then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise. It really wouldn't. Uh, 
Yes, TPK on Monday, and a, a strictly prescripted driven adventure adventure module driven campaign next time. <laughs> there is one path, and you will walk it. Yeah, note to self: don't give players freedom. Swoopsie. <laughs> anyway, super talking to you guys. Um, been quite a long one actually. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, good to see Darakos. Uh, or Bristol SES, uh, Bristolian SES, depending on what, uh, what name he chooses this week. Um, and obviously Rob was around. Uh, lots of comments from Rob and stuff. And we'll see, we'll see everyone apart from uh, Neil, who uh, won't be here next week because he's off herding cats, otherwise known as taking his kids on holiday. Um, herding uh, <laughs> And uh, a pleasure as always, and we will see you all on Monday. Cheerio, bye. Doodles. I'll wait my mice up. Oh no. There we go. And.